Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Kevin Gardner. Thanks for being on the show, Kevin. Thanks for the invitation to join you. After nearly 20 years with Comcast, including time as a Midwest Division Vice President of Sales and Marketing and as an Area Vice President, Kevin left the large cable operator side of the business to oversee sales, marketing, and customer care at James Cable during a time James was trying to liquidate their properties. Kevin's experience has resulted in favorable contract terms related to their telecommunication agreements. And Kevin is the guy you want to know if you're in the value-add business and you're trying to increase your bottom line. And and I want Kevin, Kevin, I want you to start by telling us a little bit, you know, go in depth about uh, what you do and, and why what you do is important to somebody in the syndication business. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Whitney. Um, what we do is we help manage utilities. Um, you know, you mentioned a lot of uh, things about cable TV in there, and that's the primary one because that's available in all 50 states. Um, and that's where my experience is. As you mentioned, I was with the cable company. So I was the guy on the other side of the table negotiating on behalf of the cable uh, companies uh, with the property owners. Now we're representing the property owners. So we've got all that information that we know. We know how cable companies look at the, each of the properties. And, um, you know, we've got that inside information, if you will, to help negotiate the best possible deal. So somebody on this side is going to contact you uh, when and, and for, for what exactly? It's, I'll tell you, it's never too early. Um, you can contact us before you own the property or immediately after, um, because we can find out whether or not there's an agreement in place and we can give you a sense of how much added value you can get from that property by negotiating a cable contract. If there's a cable contract already in place, and I have seen this happen several times, let's say there's a cable contract in place. It's a 10 year agreement and the owner was given $20,000 to sign that agreement but the agreement has five years of term left on it. Logically, the new owner should be entitled to their prorated share, which would be $10,000, half of the original value. And we've seen that happen when the um, new owners have asked and said, I'd like my prorated share. It's a difficult argument to say, no, you're not entitled to that. But if you don't ask, once the deal's done, you're not going to get it. So by not asking, so we will engage in the um, discussion as early as possible. And we recommend that, you know, um, any new owners do the same thing. So who is your most typical customer? You know, is it or maybe the exact type of property? Is it always going to be uh, residential, large, multifamily? Or, you know, is there a size of property? What does that look like? Yeah, it's all multifamily. Um, because the way it works is... Cable companies are granted a franchise to operate in a specific municipality, uh, a city, a township, whatever that may be. And that entitles them to access the residential customers. But in order for them to res uh, reach the customers, um, the residents, the tenants, 
they have to cross onto private property, which is owned by the multifamily owner. And so they cannot serve those customers unless they have a right of entry agreement with the owner. And a lot of people don't realize that. They assume that, you know, it's just covered by the franchise, but it's not. Um, so, and a lot of other people assume that unless they're paying for the cable for their residents, they don't need an agreement, but that's not true either. They needed, they needed to get the cable company an agreement in order for them to have the right to enter their private property. And there's value to that, right? Because you can't serve the customers. Cable company can't serve the customers if they don't have the right to be on the owner's private property. So we help, um, negotiate. Uh, what that value is. And it, it varies. Um, you know, it depends on how many customers they have, depends on how large the complex is, depends on how competitive the market is. Um, so there's a lot of variables and that's where we help the owners understand what they can possibly get by helping them understand, uh, the value that they're providing the cable operator. So is there a property that's that's too small, you know, like a, is a duplex or a fourplex or let's say a, a, a 20 unit or, you know, what's a, a typical, you know, or a size that you might say, well, it's probably not worth, you know, you, you're working with that individual or what's the size property? Yes, it, it's very, very difficult to get a deal for anything less than 40 units. Okay. The real sweet spot is 100. Um, if you've got a hundred units, yes, we can do that. And it's gotta be a hundred units in one property. Um, we may be able to piece together like three forties. Um, but if it's less than 40, it's, it's not even an option. So if an owner has a portfolio and they've got 150 units and maybe it's a 40, uh, an, another 40 and a 70, that's great. We've got an opportunity. there. And are there, you know, like a typical, savings that that somebody could count on by working you know with somebody like you as opposed to not um there is really not any i I hate to give out any numbers because i uh just this week we did uh almost 300 units in one market with one company and we got a hundred dollars per door in exchange for the agreement um then we got $150 a door for 80 units. The difference is one was a non-competitive market and the other one was a highly competitive market. So it was of more value to the um, cable company to give more for the smaller number of units because they had nobody, they had uh, other companies in there wanting to get into that market. So, what are there other utilities that uh, that you would possibly help with or help negotiate on other than the cable? And wh- what are those? Yeah, um, we can help. Um, we've got a broker on staff that um, can negotiate uh, electric and gas um, pricing. And it really depends. And it's not for all the residents. It's just for the owner um, and how much they use. Um, because, you know, if you've got numerous laundry rooms, if you've got pools, you know, and you're using a lot of electric or gas, uh, for those types of services, a lot of the common areas as opposed to, you know, interior entrances versus exterior entrances, um, a lot of those things, we can negotiate those rights as well and pass on the savings to the uh, owner. The, the unfortunate part about that, cable contracts, you can do anywhere in the U.S. Um, 
electric contracts, you can only do, there's 13 states where electric's deregulated and there's 10 states that um, gas is deregulated. So if it's not deregulated, there's nothing we can do. Now, the, the, the sweet spot is in those six states that have both electric and gas. So um, that's the real opportunity. And what, where are those? Or can, do you, can you tell us? I, the, the ones with both are Ohio, Illinois, Pennsylvania. You're testing my memory here. Uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and New York. Very good. Uh, I hope that's right. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I, no, I'm certain it is. I'm certain it is. And, and most of this is Midwest, Mid Atlantic, and uh, New England is where uh, most of the deregulation is. Okay. But, but many other states, you could do the cable contracts. Cable contracts we can do in any state. Okay. And what about uh, just some maybe common mistakes people make, you know, when they're uh, trying to negotiate things like this, if they haven't hired somebody like yourself? You know, I guess a lot of it is just not knowing, you know, how the, what to ask for. Um, there's different things that you can grant to the cable company. You can grant them exclusive marketing. You can grant them exclusive use of the wiring. You know, and each of those has value. Um, you, you know, the other thing is it depends on, and I love to talk to owners early in the process so we understand what their goals are. We negotiate based on their goals. So if they are going to buy a property and hold it and they are going to maybe want to put money into the property, we will ask for all the compensation as an upfront door money payment. And we did that with one client in Tennessee. They took all that money and the rent was below market. They wanted to take the rent up. And so they dumped all that money back into improving their pool deck area. So immediately when they're taking the rent up, they're using the money they got from the cable contract to make an improvement to their amenity. And at least the residents, when they see the rents going up, they see that the money's going back into the property. So in that situation, it was clear what we wanted to ask for. There's also something called revenue share, which is basically over the term of the agreement, you get paid a commission or a percentage of the revenue that the company is making from uh, the residents. And so if somebody wants to improve their ongoing cash flow, we recommend that route. And we've even done some with both where it's just kind of a hybrid model. So we really like to not make any assumptions We'd rather talk to the owners, understand their business goals, understand what they want to get done, and then make the recommendation and negotiate based on, on um, you know, that direction that they give us. So are, are there some other like examples or, or maybe some, uh, some things that's happened recently that would help us to just better understand how, uh, or, you know, how to work with you the best or how our relationship would be the best, uh, you know, to, to gain the most value or increase our bottom line the most? Yeah, I mean, we may be unique in this. I, I don't know, but um, we are 100% commission-based. We will do a lot of legwork oftentimes and have no deal get done. And that's okay. I, I just, you know, when I started my own company, I wanted to work with people I like, trusted, and respected. And, you know, it's just, it's just the way I, I was tired of, of getting kind of beat up in, in corporate America. Uh, so we look for win-win situation. We get a percentage of the money we make you, the property owner. And if you make no money, we don't get paid. So, you know, that's, we're in it together. 
And we, we really view it as a partnership and we love working with, uh, you know, people that are new to the business because we know they're going to grow. So we know that sometimes we are just there to educate. I was at a conference, um, two years ago and, um, th- this guy was just a young guy, man. He's just really anxious to get going. And he asked me about it after I presented. And I told him, I said, you know, we really need to have 40 or more units. And he was like, oh, I've only got like 12. I'm like, that's okay. You know, you keep looking for these and understand when you get this that, you know, you'll have the opportunity to, um, you know, leverage your, your property once you get something 40 or more. I saw him a year later at another conference. He goes, I'm about to close on 60. And I was hoping you were going to be here because I was so excited. I wanted to tell you that I'm going to be calling you soon so that we can do some business together. You know, and it, it, I'd spent a half hour with him um, the year before when he only had 12 explaining the situation to him. And now, you know, we're going to do business. And that, that's the kind of relationships I like to have, you know, really win-win situations like that. Um, you know, we had a, uh, a property in uh, um, one market and it was just under 100 units. It was 94 units. And the owner, we got, a, we got an offer. It wasn't great, but it was okay. The owner's like, yeah, I'm going to look to expand in that market. And so I'm going to hold. I'm not going to do anything. So we went to all the way to negotiating and everything like that. He didn't get any money. We didn't get any money. But we valued the relationship with him. And he came back and delivered 48 more units on a second purchase uh, about a year later. And we now are waiting on the contracts to arrive because we just negotiated a deal that was acceptable to them. Um, so, you know, it's an investment in the, the relationship and doing what's best for both of us. Nice. Now, I appreciate you explaining some of those examples. And, you know, what are some maybe common mistakes or, or other things that we need to know, uh, you know, in being successful with this partnership and, and so in increasing our bottom line, uh, you know, with these utilities? Um, you know, I, I would have to say that, you know, people, a lot of people just don't know to, to ask and look into this. Um, and, you know, we've got the experience to do that. Um, and we'll be very honest with you. And, and our goals are aligned, right? Our, our goal is to make you money and as much of it as, as possible on these items. Um, a lot of people just don't think to ask or they assume it's either under contract or it's not under contract. So what should we be asking, you know, like, give me some examples maybe of how I know if it's, uh, you know, if there's a lease or if there's not, or what type of lease maybe, uh, you know, on these utilities while I'm going through my due diligence. Just ask for the agreements in the due diligence. And if they tell you there isn't one, call me and let me check. You know, it may require a letter of authorization from either the the um, current owner or the soon to be owner. But once we get that, we can verify that. And a lot of people, if they don't have it, if they didn't get one in their due diligence, they assume there isn't one. But oftentimes there are. Uh, I think, you know, as, as we talked earlier, you know, if a property is under a 15 or 20 year agreement, which believe it or not happened uh, years ago, now you don't see anything, um, you know, tends kind of the standard. Uh, you know, if it was a 20 year agreement and this is the fourth or fifth owner, that agreement has probably been long lost, you know, three transactions ago. So we just got to check, just got to, got to do the due diligence. And we do all that for nothing. If we find an agreement and say, yeah, you know what, guess what? You're under agreement right now and there's nothing we can do to help you. We've given you that knowledge. And you know, when that agreement expires, we're pretty sure you're going to come back to us and say, Hey, it's time to do business now. 
you know, because we helped you before. If they hand us some kind of agreement, what are we typically going to be looking at? And, and what do I need to know when I'm looking at that? Yeah, that's look at the dates, the dates and the terms. We see so many of these that have auto renew clauses in them. I had one um, about six months ago that had a um, notification. It, it auto-renewed auto for a two-year period unless you gave six months notification. Wow. And I'm sorry, I, I'm wrong. It was uh, three months, three months. And we missed it. They, they sent it to me and they missed it by a day. So by missing it by a day and not knowing what to look for, it's so common. The old contracts, they all have auto renews in them and extended periods where you have to notify. And if, why would they not let the auto renew? They all let the auto renew go. And um, you're not getting any more money because in some cases there was either no money associated with it um, or the money was already paid and there's no extra money for the auto renew periods. So they're really missing out. So definitely look at those terms. You know, the other things are what rights have you granted to them? Are you just granting them the right to be there on a non-exclusive basis? Or are they the only ones you can let in? Uh, we did a, a deal up in, uh, in Michigan, uh, Canton, Michigan, where we actually got a deal done with two different competitors and we got money from both competitors. The residents win because they have choice. Both competitors win and paid a significant amount of money to be there because neither one of them wanted to be odd guy out, right? And so the owners won real big because they got money from both. So it was a great situation. And um, it, it, because we didn't have uh, an agreement, an exclusive agreement with either of them going into it, um, we were able to, to work that out. So Kevin, is, you're the you're the first guest that's talked about you know, this type of thing. And, you know, I want to ask you what else, you know, because I, I won't know the, all the questions to even ask you, what else should I be asking you uh, to, so the listener knows exactly what they need to know about your type of business and how you can help them the best? Yeah. I mean, it, cable contracts everywhere, um, electric and gas utilities in deregulated states. And, you know, the other thing that uh, some people have asked us to do is look into their propane contracts, which, you know, I'll tell you, the, the easiest thing you can do there is if you're in a market where you're using propane, it's so expensive, pick up the yellow pages and call around and call your current provider and just say, look, I'm going to shop this around unless you have a contract. And they'll usually cut you a better deal because they don't want you to shop it around. And the same thing with your trash deals, trash removal. It's an easy call. Take your invoice, call the number on the top. I mean, we can do this all for you, but... Um, it's just as easy for you to do it. And then you don't have to pay us anything uh, when they reduce the, the rates because most times they will, unless you're under contract. So just, you know, ask. So Kevin, what's a way that, uh, that you've recently improved your business that maybe we could all apply to ours? I'll tell you what, I think it's the same thing that you do. It's networking. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, I listen to your podcast and I get leads on people who are, are in the business and reach out to them. Um, you know, I pr I'm going to promote your show um, because you're helping me get my word out. You know, it's just partnerships, right? We're not competitors. We're partners. We're all in this together. There's enough to go around. And I work with some great people. I've appeared on a couple other podcasts and uh, I've been a speaker and a sponsor at different events. 
And, you know, we're all, we, we all have value that we can help each other grow. And I just recommend do the next right thing and network and, you know, the business will take care of itself. Hmm. Is there one thing, if you could pick one thing, what would you say is the top thing that's contributed to your success? Uh, dumb luck. No, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't view it as work. I view it as business and I view business as a hobby. I enjoy what I do. I really do. I didn't used to when I was in corporate America. Now I get up and I, I go to my desk every day and I have the opportunity to, to help people and help grow their business. And uh, it's very rewarding. I, I, I am very satisfied and I enjoy what I do. So I, I think, you know, if you're not enjoying what you do, um, you know, maybe do something else. Right. So, um, uh, I, I just have fun. I, you know, it, it's, it's not work to me. It's, it's business. And like I said, business is a hobby. Awesome. Kevin, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate you being on the show and telling us how you, I mean, how we can add value and increase our bottom line through ways that probably a lot of the listeners have not thought of yet. And, uh, you know, tell them, uh, how they can reach you and how they can learn more about your company and, and get in contact with you. Sure. Um, our website is multifamilyutilitysolutions.com. And my email address is kevin at multifamilyutilitysolutions.com. Uh, just reach out to us and we'd love to talk to anybody. And, and even if it's just to give you a little bit of information that maybe we didn't get from the, the, you know, this podcast. And, you know, if it's just a question, glad to answer any questions we can for, for everybody. You know, we're, we're all in the industry together and we're, you know, like I said, we're here to help each other. Great. Thank you again, Kevin. I hope the listeners will reach out to you. I know a lot of them will have, you know, a hundred units or more and, and, or they are working on it and will have in the very near future. Right. right? And, and so I hope they'll connect with you and um, we'll learn more about how you can increase their bottom line. I hope the listeners will go to lifebridgecapital.com and schedule a call with me and uh, connect that way and also go to our Facebook group, the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook and and uh, where we can all learn from experts in the business and people like Kevin and, and who can help us increase our bottom line and grow our businesses together. So we'll talk to the listeners tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.